Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. everyone welcome to adventures in autism episode 58 i am megan carranza thank you so much for coming to listen and once again thank you so much to everybody who has supported the show and sent messages and written reviews especially those apple podcast reviews they really help people to find the show but i am just so thankful to hear from all of you and it really is my favorite part about doing this so definitely keep it coming and today i'm super excited for this episode my guest is dr mary barbera and mary is a behavior analyst she is an author she is an autism mom she's also a podcaster She hosts a podcast called Turn Autism Around that I was actually a guest on this week. So when you're done listening to this episode, definitely go check out her show and give that a listen. She had reached out to me just a few weeks back and was like, let's be guests on each other's shows. So this is really fun this week because we get to guests on each other's shows. And like how I had said last week, I have a few different podcast guests coming up in, in the near future for this show. And I just think it's awesome because everybody has kind of a different take on things. And even though they're all like in similar realms, I think everyone has a different perspective. So Mary and I get into that too. Um, But we just talk all about sort of her journey with autism and kind of going from autism mom to autism professional. She is a very wealth of knowledge is what she is. She has a lot of resources. So I'm really excited about that because a lot of really great stuff for autism parents like myself. I'm definitely checking out all of her stuff. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Mary. Hi, Mary. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hey, thanks, Megan. I'm happy to be on your show. Well, I'm so happy to have you here. So I was a guest on Mary's podcast, and I'm very excited to have her on Adventures in Autism now. So Mary, will you kind of take us back to, we were just saying, you, you've had a, a long journey with autism, both personally and professionally. So will you kind of take us back to the beginning of that journey and what that was like for you? Sure. So I had two kids back to back and um, moved back to my hometown of Reading, Pennsylvania. And so I was just a stay-at-home mom with two young babies. I mean, Lucas was 18 months, almost 18 months when Spencer was born. Um, I was married, still am married to an ER physician and, you know, lived in the suburbs. I thought everything was going on track, you know, Uh, and then my husband mentioned the possibility that Lucas might have autism when he was about 21 months old. And I was shocked, horrified, never before thinking um, that there was anything wrong, actually. 
Um, in hindsight, definitely, you know, he started to regress around 12 months or 15 months of age, but I was pregnant with Spencer. So it was, um, confusing, you know, it was my firstborn son. I had a master's degree in nursing, but, um, not a lot with child development. You know, I wasn't a teacher or a preschool teacher. I wasn't around a lot of kids that I could compare to. And, um, yeah. So, so when he mentioned the possibility of autism, I, I just freaked out and I mm -hmm. told him I never, ever want to hear that word again. And it was kind of, I was so ironic because now two decades later, I say read type, right? The word <laughs> autism, like, I mean, one of these days I do need to count, but I really think it would be impossible. So, <laughs> so I actually that day it was 1998 so it's a long time ago mm -hmm. I went into a deep state of denial and he didn't bring it up again um and then over a year later uh I started looking into hyperlexia I don't know if you've ever heard of that but mm -hmm. it's um the ability to to read or to read letters before you can talk it's like a hyper focus on letters um and uh, Lucas had that. And so I started looking at, oh, maybe it's hyperlexia, not autism. And then I met a mom. And um, that's actually, uh, you know, one of the signs of autism is right. hyperlexia. Yeah. And, uh, so it's like, well, I want that. I don't want the autism part. I'll take the hyperlexia part. And they're like, yeah, that's pretty much uh, one of the red flags. Mm -hmm. So anyway make a long story short, this hyperlexia mom told me about the LOVA study, which is um, the study that was published in 1987 by Dr. Lovas from UCLA, which showed that up to 47% of the kids in the study could recover or become indistinguishable from their peers. Um, and so when I found out, and she, she even made the statement, Lucas wasn't with me when I met her. And she said, you know, if they're recovering kids with severe autism, then you know, Lucas sounds like he just has a speech delay. So, you know, you should look into ABA, you should look into autism treatment. So I did literally on the way home from that visit, I, I stopped at a bookstore and got Let Me Hear Your Voice by Catherine Maurice and read it cover to cover. As soon as I read it, I was like, oh my God, Lucas has autism. And I've been in denial for over a year. So then I felt like immediate, like, oh my God, I have to get on this. So I made an appointment and Philadelphia. And it took, it took about three months to get in there. And in, and so then the day before his third birthday, Lucas was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism. So, you know, at the visit, that's kind of harsh, especially moderate to severe, because he was going to regular preschool without support. He was talking a little bit. He was in speech therapy. He didn't really have any self-stimulatory behaviors or anything. So my husband and I were thinking it was going to be mild autism. So the moderate severe was kind of a little bit of a jolt. And then mm -hmm. when I asked him about the recovery part, he was like, yeah, I haven't seen it in my, you know, 20, 30 years as a developmental pediatrician. I haven't seen it with kids like Lucas that have moderate severe autism. Like basically he didn't say that my denial hurt Lucas, but then it was like a double whammy, like, oh my God, now I was in denial and now I have to really get on this. So then three months after that, oh, I was able to get intensive ABA started. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so when I got ABA started, um, you know, Lucas started to make progress. I really liked 
ABA therapy. I had been a nurse in the rehab setting, worked with multidisciplinary teams, worked always in the neuro field of nursing. So it made a lot of sense. Like I worked with head injury patients, spinal cord injury patients. We had multidisciplinary goals, you know, like everything kind of lined up. I was like, okay, we can do this. And, um, and Lucas made progress. And, and then, um, uh, it, I ended up in due process, which I don't know if you know what that is, but yeah, what a, the court. yeah, like educational court. And, mm-hmm. um, I ended up in due process when Lucas was three and it was my first lawyer who told me to become a behavior analyst. And I was like, again, like, huh, what, what's that? <laughs> and then, um, a few years later, I became a behavior analyst and started working through a statewide grant in Pennsylvania, um, and so I worked with hundreds of kids all across the spectrum. And uh, yeah, so that's how I kind of transitioned into the professional world. So yeah, I, I've been a uh, parent and professional for over 20 years now. Wow. That's amazing. Do you feel like your experience, like as an autism mom, I mean, it has to really affect your, your work as a professional? Oh. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is no way, you know, the behavior analyst certification board has, you know, an ethical code and avoid multiple roles. And it's like, it's impossible to take off that hat, like ever. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to take off my RN hat or Mm -hmm. my uh, advocate hat, you know, Mm -hmm. because once you learn how to advocate for your own child, you know, you're not just going to turn your back when you know that help can be given, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, everything I do is, you know, I'd come home from learning at the Carbone clinic. I'd come home and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to try this with Lucas. And Lucas was a trooper, kind of always been an intermediate learner, if you will. And so I try out these procedures and videotape them. And I published a study with my BCBA mentor, Rick Cabino on using transfer trials to teach tax to Lucas. And that, that paper, you know, has, has been, you know, helped many people like dissertations have been written over that paper. And so, you know, everything I learned with Lucas, I've really uh, implemented better and better step-by-step procedures. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think it just makes you better all around. Like you said, like the RN hat, the the advocate hat, it's like you, you pull from all these different experiences and just like give it the best, the best outcome that you can. Yes. Yes, for sure. So tell me then, because obviously you, you do a lot within the autism community for your work. Um, Tell me more about that. Like your book, how did all that get going? Yeah. So So I was working for 2003, I became a behavior analyst, and I worked from that point to 2010 with this statewide grant. So I was learning all these techniques from like Dr. Sundberg and Dr. Carbone and all the great people who have done tremendously for the field of ABA and verbal behavior. And then, um, and also as in my work as an RN, I was like, you know, pediatricians need better abilities to diagnose, to not falsely reassure people. So I started working through a grant for for signs, um, which was to educate pediatricians on the earliest signs of autism. So I started working on like screening and, and so like literally I had this mom come and she 
you know, had the son, had the son who was showing signs of autism. So I had to do like this screening tool and send in a, at the time, like a videotape. I mean, this is so many years ago (laughs) and, you know, to get certified on the screening tool. And so she came over, I think her son's name was David and he was two and he failed the test. So he looked like he was definitely going to have autism and everything. And she's like, what can I do? What can I read? And, and I, I, at that point, this is probably 2005-ish. Um, I was like, well, you could read Let Me Hear Your Voice, of course, because that was my Bible. But now, years later, with the Verbal Behavior Project, we were not doing strict, discrete trial like the low-loss way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could read Potty Training in a Day, but you know, I wouldn't do a 1972 version of potty training because it involves like punishment and those sorts of things. So like Mm -hmm. all these books that had kind of been my Bible were kind of outdated Mm -hmm. and I knew better ways and there wasn't a book. And so I sent David's mom, I said, you know, we're doing this free uh, workshop for, for parents and professionals with this grant. You can come to that. Then I had to bring her back in for another assessment uh, four months later. And um, by that point, she, you know, David was doing so much better. And I was like, oh, it looks like, you know, you really, that, that workshop really helped you. And she's like, oh my God, like within two days, he was talking like just from the stuff I learned. So I knew that everything to help kids was kind of in my head. And that's when I decided to write my book, The Verbal Behavior Approach, which has sold, it was published in 2007. So it's well more than a decade old and it's sold more than 50,000 copies. It's available in like 12 or 13 languages. And um, yeah, so I traveled around the world speaking about it. And, um, and at the same time, I left the project in 2010 and started working in the Birth to Three organization in my area. And that's really been like my passion all these years is um, as Lucas was getting older and, you know, as I was treating these, these school age kids was like, we've got to get to the babies. We have to get to the toddlers. We have to not let moms and dads go into denial and spin around looking for treatment. Um, and wait in long lines. I mean, when Lucas was diagnosed, the autism rate was like one in 500. Now it's one in 50 ish. Um, you know, the waiting list for an evaluation or treatment or nine months, two years. I mean, just ridiculous. You know, like if you, if you thought your child had leukemia and you were told you got to wait two, nine months or two months to see if it is that, you know, there'd be an uproar. Meanwhile, parents are just waiting, which is just, you know, just so heartbreaking. So, so anyway, so I, um, went on and I developed step-by-step procedures and now I have two online courses. Um, one is called the verbal behavior bundle and that's for, you know, a wide range of, uh, clients, or if you have children who are over five, and then I also, uh, created a toddler preschooler course and that is with or without a diagnosis. These are the steps to help with talking, tantrum, sleep, feeding, you know, weaning from a pacifier, the whole, everything that, you know, a lot of our, our fellow parents are going through with young kids. Yeah. You, you brought up a really good point because, so we had, Logan was on an eight month waiting list when, yeah. We went and, you know, we're waiting to have him get evaluated. And I didn't even think of it like that, but you're right. Like if your child had, you know, a, a, a quote unquote more serious kind of condition, 
there would be no wait list. You know what I mean? And it's like people like doctors. I, I do think that well, everybody <laughs> doesn't have enough of an understanding of, of autism. I always say, I'm like, if they're not a specialist, they just don't know. Like pediatricians, I, I really think most of them just don't, don't really have a clue about autism. And I feel like, like you said, the, these waiting lists are, it's just like a barrier between your child and getting services. Right. Right. Yeah. And then you have to, you know, even if you do have a diagnosis, oh, okay, well, where, you know, oh, well, there's so many different treatments. Okay. So usually yeah. developmental pediatricians or neurologists will recommend ABA treatment as the most evidence-based, but even if they do, okay, then how do you get ABA treatment? It depends if you're two, it depends if you're three, if you're five, if you have insurance, where you live, what, you know, all these other barriers, mm -hmm. um, you, you shouldn't have to, you know, figure so much out. So my online courses are, are literally just to teach the parents how to become the captain of the ship, how to do their own therapy, how to you know, almost train the professionals too to kind of get on the same page. You know, I've heard stories, horror stories of even, you know, uh, people, parents, okay, you get the diagnosis, that takes a year. You get insurance funding or funding from the government or whatever. And, and now that's another six months. Okay, now you got into this ABA clinic, which also had to wait. Now you have to drive an hour to the ABA clinic. And now the BCBA there that's doing the ABA at the clinic or overseeing the ABA doesn't have the same philosophy as say I would have. Mm -hmm. So they're working on colors before they work on things like requesting or they're, you know, and it's just like, uh, so then you're like, okay, is this the right therapy? Should I use a different type? You know, mm -hmm. it's so many bar variables and I see so many parents and professionals struggling. Yeah, no, that's true. Cause we, so Logan has been in ABA now for like almost two and a half years, which again, we had, after we got the diagnosis, then it was a six months wait to start ABA. So more waiting, but yeah, since starting ABA, we have, we've really seen huge improvements with him and I'm such an advocate for ABA, but even so I hear from parents a lot and they'll say to me, you know, I just, I didn't like that. It was, it was all table work. And I felt like you know, it was, it was just too difficult for my child. And I'm like, if you see that something is going on with ABA that you're not happy with, like you really are the person who's in charge to say, can we try this? Can we do a different approach? Cause we, like Logan has a, a team now who's great, but we're constantly working on it and working together and communicating all together to be like, this isn't working. Let's tweak it. Let's try this. Because I think as the parent, you do sometimes feel like you're just kind of like along for the ride. But like you said, you're, you're actually the person who's steering the ship. Yeah. Well, and you need to be empowered to feel like that. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't feel like that. And, um, and that's a shame. So um, I'm all about empowering parents um, and empowering professionals. I don't want to throw professionals under the bus. You know, my book um can be read by a novice parent on a plane or, and it's also used as graduate level textbook for ABA coursework in the graduate level. So it's very much written um, to, for both audiences. And my courses are for both audiences. My podcast is for both audiences because I don't think it does anybody good to 
be divisive. I think we all need to work together. Everybody, you know, wants the child or should want the child to reach their fullest potential. Um, and, and also I want part of the goal of my podcast is for parents and professionals to be less stressed and lead happier lives. And so I think when you get into that fight mode or like I was like very much black and white thinking about recovery, which now I don't think so black and white anymore. So even the kids that I would consider to have gotten, you know, all better or pretty much better still have issues. Um, some of them with, you know, learning disabilities or anxiety or depression or um, articulation issues. So it's uh, even I have a typically developing son, Spencer, who's in college, um, you know, there's no such thing as a normal child. Yeah. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses and struggles. And, and so my black and white thinking has certainly changed over the years to be, everything's a lot more gray. <laughs> yes. Autism definitely shows you there's, there's a lot of gray area. So you mentioned your podcast, which I had emailed you and told you that when you and I were talking about this recording, Logan's BCBA randomly texted me like right after that. And she was like, Megan, I found this really great autism podcast I wanted to share with you. And I was like, oh, funny you mentioned that because I'm like, Mary and I are, are going to be guests on each other's shows. So like you said, it definitely is for parents and professionals because she she is a big fan. Um, Good. So so tell me though, because I mean, I would say I love, I love podcasting. What made you want to, to get into podcasting and kind of like, you know, shift, shift to that, that sort of medium? Yeah. So back um, in 2011, I earned a PhD in leadership and um, cause I just thought, okay, well maybe that's how I get my word out, my message out, you know, after my book and I'm a BCBA, I have a master's degree in nursing administration. I'm like, okay, well, people are still not like coming to me or listening to my approach. So maybe I'll get a PhD. <laughs> so that took me like five years. So I get a PhD and then people are like, oh, what are you going to do now with your PhD? I'm like, I'm going to keep playing potato head with the little kids until I figure it out. And at that point, you know, um, the online space was, was getting more mature and I really had a desire to get my stuff online. So I ended up um, launching an online course in 2015 was my first course. And, and then in 2016, I joined um, Jeff Walker. He has a, a program, a, a, group coaching program called launch club. And so I invested in that program and I've been investing ever since, but, um, so within that program, basically you become better and better at online marketing. And so I also follow people like Amy Porterfield and Pat Flynn. So I really immersed myself in the online marketing space, um, because going door to door with little kids and then also going, flying to Australia and flying to the UK and Germany and all these places. I mean, it was cool, but it's like, I'm not going to really save the world by doing that. It's just not moving the needle enough. So I, you know, was in the launch club and I actually, uh, out of all the uh, on online marketers within launch club, I competed in this competition um, and I became the spokesperson of the year and I won 
uh, a mastermind with Jeff Walker and a cruise for my whole family. I took 15 of us on a cruise. So I won that. So I'm like an award-winning, yeah, I'm an award-winning <laughs> online marketer basically now. And that's what I do full-time. I have a full-time employee. I have five contractors. I don't see clients one-to-one. I rarely speak about autism anywhere else anymore because I am really just trying to get my message out through my online courses, which mm-hmm. I have participants from, you know, 65 different countries. And so one of Jeff Walker's um, strategies that he recommends is a video blog weekly. So I have been doing weekly video blogs uh, since January of 2017. So again, it's like, all right. So, you know, a lot of people follow me on YouTube and, and if you want to follow me anywhere, just go on marybarbera.com forward slash Facebook forward slash YouTube forward slash, um, you know, I I'm on all the social media channels. So I have, you know, 25,000 subscribers and, um, those sorts of things. So then I was thinking about a podcast and I was thinking, well, maybe that will help me Um, so I bought Pat Flynn's podcasting course and, uh, I bought that in like 2017. I didn't do anything until, um, I just started my podcast in January of 2019, but I used his, his course, but basically it's, it's turn autism around. And when I say turn autism around, that's not just, you know, based on the LOBA study and, and recovery. It's, it's basically like turning autism around means to me is that each child would reach his or her fullest potential and be as safe as possible, as independent as possible, and as happy as possible. And that's my goal for, for actually both my sons, my typically developing son and my son with moderate to severe autism. So I, my podcast is just another extension. So I do a weekly podcast with professionals and parents. Sometimes I do solo shows and sometimes I do uh, interviews. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I feel like you yourself are just such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to autism. So uh, a a podcast is like a a natural fit for you at this point after like the book and like the web series. Then yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like podcasting now is amazing because even a couple of years ago, there like it was almost like more kind of underground, but now it's like everyone listens to podcasts. Right. And when I was looking in the fall of 2018 when I was researching to start my podcast there really were no podcasts up and running like I know yours was up and running but just barely you know what I mean oh yeah yeah and and when I googled you know top podcasts it was like all these podcasts that hadn't been running for years Mm -hmm. and I was just like oh my god like there really needs to be some good, there are a few good behavioral podcasts like behavioral observations, which I've been on and behavior babe has one that I've been on, but I wanted mine to be very, uh, accessible to both parents and professionals. We don't talk like real, you know, behavioral speak. I want everything to be super practical and super optimistic and, um, light and not, not heavy with all these acronyms being thrown around. Yeah. <laughs> There's so, I, that always comes up on my show too. There's just so many acronyms when it comes to autism. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You brought up a good point. Cause I, I felt the same way when, when I was just looking to listen to an autism podcast after Logan was diagnosed, I, I really couldn't find any. And the ones that I found were 
like out of production. So they were super outdated. Cause I mean, you know, like things are changing all the time. There's always new information. So not that I, I I was looking for a show kind of like mine where it was really like mostly like parents just kind of talk about their experiences, but at the same time, like it's nice to know what's actually going on in the autism world today. So that was what really inspired me to start my show. But I love that there's so many more podcasts about autism now, like yours that have different perspectives. Cause I feel like we all have different perspectives and they're all valuable. And it's like, we can take something away from each one. Yes. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Mary, thank you so much for, for coming on the pod today and for having me as a guest on yours. That was so fun. Um, okay. I know. So I know you shared, so people can just find you marybarbera.com. Yep. MaryBarbera.com. If you want to attend a free online workshop to find out more about joining my online course and community, you can go to MaryBarbera.com forward slash workshop. As I said before, you can forward slash anything to find me. I mean, or just if you can't figure out how to spell my name or or you forget my last name, just Google Mary plus autism. I pop right up all <laughs> over the first page. And the, the other thing is I've done two, almost three years of video blogs and almost a year of podcast now and articles and all kinds of stuff over the years. So if you have an issue, say your child's is not sleeping or you, you think your child has a lot of like scripting or stimming or hitting or biting or whatever your issue is. If you Google Mary Barbera plus whatever topic you're looking for, I probably have done a video blog on it. Um, and if I haven't, and if you uh, think it would be a good one, just email me through my website and I will uh, consider doing a video blog or a podcast on the topic. But uh, more times than not, if you just Google uh, Mary Barbera or Mary Autism Self-STEM or whatever your, your interest is, uh, you'll find something related. That is a really great tip. And I know I'm going to use that, but I also am going to direct people to that because I get like a lot of questions about, yeah, like sleep or certain stimming or just kind of anything. And I am so not an expert. And I always tell people, I'm like, I will give you our experience, but that's really all I do. So, and I, I and yeah, I just came up, I just wrote and revised two new ebooks, um, forward slash potty for a potty ebook and forward slash sleep for a sleepy book. So you can get those for free. Um, and so, yeah, just Google anytime somebody has a question about autism, I probably have an answer somewhere on the internet. So just Google my name and the topic and, and uh, yeah, I, that's the way we spread the word. So I appreciate you um, yeah. having me on and, and using that. And I, I am an expert. I consider myself um, an expert for parents and professionals. And um, I, I really do care about wanting to help each child, uh, you know, reach their fullest potential. So I'm all about, you know, where, wherever we can do to help the masses, because there's, there's so many of us that need help. And so I'm happy to hear that your Logan is, is getting good ABA treatment and, um, and you're, you know, you're happy with that and you, um, are doing well with that. So I wish you the best with this podcast too. It it sounds like a great one. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate it so much. I want to check out both of those eBooks too. Can't wait. Cool. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. All right. Well, you take care. Thanks, Mary. 
For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT. And I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like Something Borrowed or Something Blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Mary, and I hope you're excited to check out all those great resources she mentioned. I, I get a lot of questions from parents, and I'm excited now that I can say, hey, I'm not an expert, but I know one. <laughs> so yeah, very excited and check out all that stuff. And again, definitely check out her podcast, Turn Autism Around, especially if you want to hear this week's episode with me as the guest. That was really fun. And yeah, I'm super excited for the rest of my kind of maybe we'll just make this like podcast October month because I do have several different podcasts hosts and creators coming on in the near future I don't know if they'll all be this month they might be kind of scattered out but really awesome because kind of like how me and Mary talked about I think that you know we all have a different sort of take on autism and we all come from a different perspective so I just think that we can learn something kind of from everybody's journey and sort of their their take on things. I just I like hearing all the things. So I think it's I think it's a wonderful thing. Spread spread the love. I just always say more is more. So definitely check that out. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod. Or you could email me at adventuresinautism2018 at yahoo.com. I'm still trying to reach 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. So again, if you've been listening to the show and you enjoy it, but you haven't left a review yet, please, I would be so grateful if you would do that. It really does help people to find the show also. But that is all for this week. So until next time, take care.